Hi, this is your host Jojo Binks and you're listening to I Can Talk Underwater podcast where you can learn anything and everything under the sun. Pretty much, you will learn random shit. Hi everyone, I am back in Melbourne from the Gold Coast and it's currently 38 degrees out there and oh my god, it is so hot. I have had really bad run since I came back to Melbourne. I've got this migraine that won't go away. I've suffered migraine for a long time and it's one of those enigma things in my life that I can't find the root cause of it. But anyway, today's episode is very personal to me and that's something that not many people would go through, which is egg donation. I've started exploring egg donation last year when I saw an ad from Victoria's Royal Women's Hospital on opening their egg bank. So that's when it sparked the idea of egg donation. I've split this episode into two parts because I I don't think it would give you enough information about the egg donation journey if I shorten it into 15 minutes. When I was looking through the egg donation, there seems to have not many information out there. I'd like to give this episode as much information as I can for people that are thinking to go through this journey. In part one, we're going to be talking about how to find the recipients, the relationship that you want to have with your donor child, the, mot- the motivation of why you're thinking to donate your eggs. In part two, we're going to be talking about the actual process of the egg donation, like the IVF process, etc. So for me, my motivation of donating my eggs is because I know personally how the heartbreak feels of not getting your dreams to be a mom and to have the family that you've always longed for. I have always wanted to have a family, not just a child, like I want a family unit. I'm not going to give you the story on how it didn't happen, but when I knew that I couldn't achieve it, that was very painful for me. I have longed to have my own family my whole life and when it didn't happen, it broke me and I'm one of those people that I can't get over things very quickly and I take it to heart. I decided then that I will not have children because I don't want to go through the same heartbreak again. I just don't think I have it in me. And I also saw the same heartbreak with my sister when she was going through IVF, when the cycle kept failing. My sister's not one of those people that shows emotion, but I could see the disappointment and the emotions that comes from Wanting something so much and your body is not making you have this baby. But fortunately for her, she eventually, she ended up having a child and now she's pregnant with her second. With the motivation part, I know that there are so many women out there that want to have children, but they don't have viable eggs. I decided to, to donate my eggs. Because if I can't have a baby, someone that wants one should have one. And if I can help them achieve that, 
I will do it. I am fortunate that I have crap loads of eggs and fortunate, unfortunate, because I don't need them. And some women want to have children and they don't have eggs. I suppose life is quite unfair in that sense. Last month, I found the recipients and I gave my word to them that I will do it. But because of my surgery and I had to for my surgery is about removing the uh, precancerous cells in my cervix. Because of that, I needed my cervix to heal and I won't be able to do the journey with them until like mid this year. And one of their friends offered and she can do it now. So they opt in to go with her. Then me, which is absolutely fine because their goal is for them to have a baby no matter how they get it. As long as they get the baby, that's all that matters. So now I'm back to the drawing board on finding my recipients, which is actually harder than you, than you think. Because for me, I need to be 100% sure that these recipients are it. If I have even 1% doubt, I will not go through with it because I need to be comfortable with my decision. Anyway, we're going to talk more about this in this episode on part one. And I hope you learned something from it. Hi, Zoe. <laughs> Thanks Hello. for um, coming to my podcast. I really appreciate you taking the time of your day. And, and I'm glad that I was able to find someone to talk about egg donation journey. I've never gone through it myself, so I can't really share a personal experience. And I'm glad that you're able to come and share awareness, especially with egg donation, where there's less donors out there. There's more recipients looking for donors. As a woman, it's a lot more complicated process compared to men donating their sperm. Yeah, yeah, very different. You mentioned that you have donated six times. Well, technically... I haven't donated to six different recipients. I did six cycles. Yeah, so six cycles of IVF for a couple of different recipients. That is amazing. Putting through that so much stress in your body, that's quite admirable and I think you're a hero. How old were you when you started donating, when you started your first donation? I was trying to think, actually, it was probably almost 10 years ago that I first offered to my friends. So the reason that I... Got into this whole generation. So I was 30, I think I was 32. So maybe it was the end of 2014 or something like that. I think it was about that time. And one of my very good friends was going through IVF and she just discovered that she needed a donor. And we'd had a casual conversation about it one night after we'd been out to dinner and with a group of friends and we were chatting. And the moment I found that out, I just went home and did all the research I could. I just thought, I could do this. I'd had my two kids by then. So I'd had mine at 27 and 30. So I had a toddler and a a small child at home and I'd finished my family. That was enough for me. Uh, And so at that point I went home and I just Googled all the information I could find on egg donation to find out what was involved. And I read it and I was like, I could do that. I understand that it comes with small risks in terms of what you have to put your body through. But I thought that was a, a small sort of price to pay for giving my friend that gift of a, of a family. So not long after that, it was actually at a hen's night. <laughs> oh, <laughs> on a yeah. hen's night. 
I offered. Again, it was came up in conversation. We're talking about it later in the evening. And I said, I'm happy to be a donor. And she couldn't believe it. She, I don't think she believed me straight away. She, <laughs> But we talked about it again afterwards. And that's where it all began. So you mentioned you had two recipients. Who's yeah. the other recipient? It was basically when I started the process with my friend, I joined a few of the Facebook pages like EDA and got to know a lot of other donors through that process and realized that quite a few people had done this more than once, that they'd found multiple people. I think when I first started, I thought I could only do this for a friend. I wouldn't do it for a stranger. But the more that I learned about it and the more I realized how many people were looking for donors, the more I came to terms with the idea of actually I could do it for a stranger. Yeah. And I could think the way I approached it too was that person becomes someone who's not a stranger. The process, they become a friend and you become quite close to them. And I think that's how it's set up here in Australia anyway, is that there's no such thing as anonymous donation in a way. So I know some people choose to do it all a bit more anonymously and don't want to have that relationship. But I think that was important to me that I got to know the person and have a relationship with the child. So yeah, I just went on to one of the forums, I think, that was set up that I, and I just decided to go looking for a new recipient. Yep. So that's how I got into the sort of doing it again. You said you've got two children. You also have a husband. I did at the time. We're now separated. So you had a husband. Donating your eggs doesn't just impact yourself. It impacts your children. Your children will have another biological sibling somewhere. And Mm -hmm. your husband knowing that, oh, yeah, my, my wife's got another child somewhere else. What was your motivation on donating your eggs? My motivation was wanting someone else to have that experience of having children. It was something that I valued so much and I felt very lucky. I'd conceive very easily with both of my children. Knowing that my friend, and I'd known her for a long time, and I'd known that she'd always wanted to have kids. It was such a, it had been a long journey for her in terms of having, she'd been in a relationship with someone who didn't want to have kids prior, and she finally found somebody who did, and she was about to get married, and I knew this was something that was really important to her. So the idea of her missing out on that, because she was going through early onset menopause, was just heartbreaking. And it just seemed like such an easy thing for me in a way. <laughs> a no-brainer that if I can do this, I'm quite happy to do it. It didn't really concern me at all. We had a lot of discussions about her children would be like cousins to mine and that relationship would be there and that she'd raise them with knowing how they came to be and all that sort of stuff was very important to me. Any concerns I might have had initially about the strangeness of having other beings out there who are <laughs> related, who are my genetic material but not my children, I was able to, able to overcome that by talking through and going through the counselling and talking through that with my friend. And, and I think similar for my husband at the time, I think he was on board because that they were friends of both of ours and that's something he wasn't going to stand in the way of me giving, helping them achieve something that they really wanted. You mentioned that you have a second recipient that you met through EDA. Yeah. How did you pick the recipient? So for listeners, EDA has a website where recipients advertise themselves and uh, talking about their IVF journey and the reason why they want to have a child and the reason why they need an egg donor. And there you have quite a list that you have to go through. Why did you pick this specific recipient? My journey with finding a recipient 
And my whole journey there is a little bit complicated and unusual. A bit of a trigger warning as well in that it also involves infant loss. I found the recipient just by reading through different profiles and sparking up conversations with different people, being active on the forum, seeing who was active on the forum, and just choosing someone who I felt that I would like them as a person. They had values that, you know, or they had some interests that we could connect over and just seemed decent people, <laughs> I guess, yeah. as well. And really it began also going to things like the meetups to get to, to, to meet people in person. And then chatting probably off the app as well and getting and meeting each other in person a few times before actually going through with it. My kids ended up being part of the uh, kind of process of offering to be an egg donor for this recipient where we bought, I'd say I'm quite romantic <laughs> and <Yeah>. sentimental. <laughs> so we bought these little nesting, like the babushka doll type things, like nesting yep. egg. They were like nest eggs. So you'd put the, all the eggs went in, in like a babushka dolls. And in that we had the offer and my kids were there at the time and they knew what was going on. By then, I think it was a few years after I'd offered to my friend. My kids were a little bit older, but still quite young. And so they were there the day that we offered and developed a relationship with the recipients as well. Yeah. So that's how I went back through the process. But why this specific recipient? Yeah, just like the things I mentioned before, having some shared interests they were an artist. We were quite arty people. I was just drawn to their intelligence and their warmth and finding qualities that they possessed and talking about expectations of what they wanted going forward with the process as well. Making sure we're on the same page in regards to contact and the relationship that they wanted to have with my kids or with myself, but with my family, those sorts of things. Those kind of things were important in terms of making sure that they were the right person to move forward with. Yeah. So when I was looking through recipients and I was very picky about who I'm going to give my eggs to, because I feel like I have a responsibility to make sure that I'm helping to create a human with the right person. I don't want to yeah. create um, a, a new human being where I don't believe that the other person is equipped to raise a child or mm. et cetera like that. And I think that's the reason why I'm not opting for anonymous donation. I want to be able to pick the recipients. And one of my friends said, maybe you can't or you shouldn't donate eggs because you're too attached to your eggs because I was too picky. I said that I don't see it that way. I see it like I want to be a responsible person that I'm donating my eggs to. I used to foster dogs. I was so picky where I'm giving my dogs mm. to. I'm, I'm mm. like, they're dogs and I'm still so picky who they're going to go to, let alone a whole yeah. new human being. Yeah. What were your arrangement for your relationship with the, the donor child? The intention with that. So I, they didn't end up conceiving a child with my eggs. Like, like I said, it's a complicated story. I did two cycles for them. The first cycle didn't result in a baby. There was failed attempts, like there were some that resulted in no pregnancy, some that resulted in pregnancy, but they lost the child. Is this with a friend on. or the stranger? No, this is, oh, this is with both. I think very commonly with IVF, it very rarely works the first time. Sure. <laughs> There's my, my experience and from what I've heard from and what I witnessed in the forums and on the Facebook page and through speaking to other people, I guess the thing that you don't probably realize until you experience the journey yourself is that it can take many goes to result in that pregnancy. 
I think I had to do two cycles for my friend and it was the second cycle that resulted finally in one successful pregnancy. She's got three children now from my ex, my friend. Oh, wow. (laughs) I think I might have done four for her. But the final cycle that I did for her was actually the most successful in terms of the amount of embryos. I think she got seven embryos out of it. Yeah. Cycle. And that was my largest number of eggs that they collected. I think it was 30 eggs or something. So when they went to conceive their second child, they ended up with more embryos and then they had a third. And now they have a lot of embryos left over. <laughs> I'm not sure what to do with them. But my the person that I'd met who was initially a stranger, I did two cycles for them. The first was not successful. The second cycle, they still, they had, I think, three embryos from that second cycle. The first embryo didn't take. And then they still had two more, but they decided not to use them. They decided they wanted to try something different. By then, I think my recipient was in the older age bracket and had felt that after a number of things like miscarriages and such, I think she felt she just wanted to try something different. So they decided to not to use the two remaining embryos and left it up to me to then find another recipient for those two embryos. (laughs) Wow. Okay. So then I had to go through the process again. And this was after, I don't know, one or two years of being on this journey with this recipient. So it was a little bit, it was hard, actually. It was a little bit hard. I did feel a little bit rejected (laughs) at that point and a bit dejected because I was like, okay, now I've got these unwanted embryos, these little reject embryos, but I want them to have a a chance at life. So I then got back on the forums, back on the Facebook groups to find a new recipient. And I did. I found a woman who had already had one child through a, a donated embryo, which was an anonymous donation. And she was looking for to have another baby for a sibling for her child. So I decided to donate to her. At that point, I'd already met many different potential recipients and just didn't work out for various reasons. So anyway, finally found somebody, donated to her, and she had a successful pregnancy with the first um, embryo. She got to full term and unfortunately lost the baby full term. Oh, no. Yeah. Yes. Oh, wow. Hence my trigger warning before. Yeah. Yeah, so that was really hard. So with both of these women, I think the original question was about the relationship. The relationship was, I thought it would be a little different. My expectation was it would probably not be quite as close as it is with my existing friend who I see quite regularly and has become, she's still one of my best friends, but it's a little bit more than that now because her children are related to me. So it's, I'm an auntie as well, her friend. (laughs) Yeah. But I still wanted to have an ongoing relationship. No, No matter what, any child that was born from my eggs, I wanted to be able to have some contact with them. The most important thing for me, though, wasn't so much about my needs, but about knowing that the best thing for the child is to grow up knowing their donor and having the opportunity to have a relationship with them. That was really the most important thing for me. It completes their identity if they know about where they come from. Their mom is always going to be their mom, but yeah. they still need to know their full story. And I think having that missing puzzle will be quite difficult for some children and then that's yeah. the reason why they changed the law i think they only changed it quite mm. recently in the early yeah 2000s. i think it was a while start or just before i started that yeah even 
notes while I was going through the process, the beginning of the process myself. Yeah. Yeah. It was only like in the early 2000s when they changed yeah. the law of mm-hmm. there's no more anonymous donation where, and it also applies to previous donations. Yes. So even yeah. though you're opted in to become anonymous, you are no longer anonymous if the child right. chooses to contact you. So with your relationship with your best friend's children, how do you feel seeing them? Because I would assume there's some of your qualities that they possess or even physically. How do you deal with that? I don't feel like I need to deal with it. It's, it's funny because I anticipated that that was going to be an issue for me. Well, it's the only concern I had really, especially when, I think when the first child was born and I was waiting to go meet him in the hospital, my biggest fear was that I was going to get attached, that I would see this baby and feel some sort of instinctual. Motherly instinct, yeah. Motherly instinct would kick in and I'd be like, oh, I need want to take him home or something. But that didn't happen. It was so reassuring when I went to meet him in the hospital and I picked him up. And there was just this beautiful, all I could feel was absolute joy for my friend that she finally had this beautiful, healthy baby. And it felt like just meeting my friend's baby. It did. Wow. <laughs> there was yeah. no sort of immediate, he's my child kind of thing. And I didn't recognize him necessarily as my child. I hadn't carried him. I hadn't gone through that process. I hadn't longed for him like she had. So there wasn't that attachment that comes from having your own child. I was reassured. I remember thinking, oh. No, I don't have any of those. Like it didn't, (laughs) yeah, that didn't happen. And every step of them growing up, honestly, they just look like their parents to me. They don't look like me. I definitely see genetic resemblance in terms of, so she's got three boys. I have two boys myself. My kids, they do look like me, but they very much a combination of me and my husband. And they have the dark brown hair and the big brown eyes. Whereas my friend's husband is blonde and blue-eyed. So in a way, her kids probably look more like me than my own kids do in, a, in terms of that, those similarities. But at the same time, to me, they just look like their parents. They look like their dad. I can see similarities in terms of they look like my brother when he was little. Yeah, I can see those resemblances there, but that's it. I can see that. Which you do that with siblings have children. You go, oh, look, they look like you when you were little or something it's like that there's that genetic resemblance that kind of pops up and it's a curious thing and it's a nice sort of thing but there's nothing more than that for me I don't need to manage my feelings around that it doesn't seem strange at all it's just it's normal yeah yeah I (laughs) fully understand where you come from I feel so detached from my egg it would be a different situation if I was a surrogate I don't think I can possibly do a surrogacy where I have to carry this child for nine months and then suddenly give it away even though it's not genetically mine I I know I cannot do it my sister went through and she's got remaining embryos and for her she's attached to that embryo Mm. she thinks that's her baby and she can't fathom the idea of another person raising her own child so it's like it's a yeah. I think that's my fear as well. If I meet this yeah. child, if it ever will I feel this motherly instinct? But yeah. I think for me, I will feel the same as when I met my nephews and my niece. Yeah. I have this love yeah. for this child, yeah. but they're yeah. not mine. But yeah. I don't think it's going to be like, because I, as you said, I didn't care yet. What an amazing woman Zoe is. How cute is that babushka doll ceremony that she had 
with her children. I love the fact that she involved her children when she decided to donate her eggs. I thought that's very cute. Also, as a donor, you do feel rejected sometimes because giving your eggs to someone is such a big decision, especially because it's quite an invasive process. So when the recipients reject you, you feel like, oh, crap. Like sometimes it hurts your ego. Like how could you possibly say no to me? <laughs> and I go through some Facebook comments and some of them say that they got rejected because they have mental health issues or they have already have children. Or for me, someone said to me that I am a bit too old. There's a lot of um, reasons for that, but I get it. Like as a recipient, you also have to be 100% comfortable with the donor because you want to receive good quality eggs and you want a donor that aligns with your values and your lifestyles. So I totally understand. Anyways, we will continue this conversation next week with part two. We're going to talk about the egg donation process, recovery and legal requirements, and all other things. As always, Zoe and I are not experts. We're just sharing our experiences. Everyone's journey are different. They have different motivations. They have different reasons why they're donating eggs and why they're not donating eggs. But this is our story and hoping that it will share awareness to the community especially if this is something that you've been thinking to do. Anyways, I hope you like this episode. Please leave five-star ratings on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, Amazon and Google. And follow my Instagram account called I Can Talk Underwater Podcast. Until next week, have a good rest of your week. I'll speak to you soon. Love you long time. Bye.